0: Hey everyone, thanks for listening to another episode of The Smiling Homeschooler Podcast. My name is Ben Wilson, and today we're going to play back two interviews that we did back near the beginning of The Smiling Homeschooler Podcast. The first is with Rachel Carmen, who is a homeschooling mom and part owner of Apologia. And the second is with Jan Smith, a homeschooling veteran and a homeschooling leader. They are both extremely encouraging and also will remind you about what's most important. Before we begin, I also want to thank Teaching Textbooks for sponsoring The Smiling Homeschooler. You can check out a free demo of the new 4.0 version of the curriculum over on their website, But Let's get going. Here's my dad, Todd Wilson.
1: Hey everybody! Uh, this, this is uh, this is going to be a little different. We're going to try something here. We're going to do a little techno wizardry um, as we uh, do some editing and put a couple different things together. I'm going to be recording this. I'm doing it prior to having being with Ben, and then he's going to do part of it and put me in there and see if we can do uh, some excerpts from some great interviews that I've. I'm afraid we've forgotten, and so we're going to first of all hear from Rachel Carmen, um, who along with her husband uh, uh, are the owners of Apologia. Maybe you've used their science curriculum and other curriculum, Um, but we're super excited. We had her on the show, uh, I I think on episode number seven, so almost two years ago, Um, but she has tons to say about relationship with her children and we're gonna listen to her right now. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your family.
2: So I guess um, this is our 23rd year of homeschooling, which is absolutely a miracle. So for all of you out there who are just trying to keep your head above water like two or three weeks in, I totally get it. This was not the journey that I thought I wanted to do. This was an act of God. And I'm so, 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 so grateful. I've learned so much. God has been incredibly faithful as he always is. Um, We have seven children. I have five high school graduates. So I'm on the downside of forever. I have two teenage boys at home now. Todd was commenting a minute ago, how hard can that be? But I'm here to tell you, teenage, two teenage boys can make up. I mean, they can seem like 20 teenage boys sometimes, but we're, it's great. It's a great, um, it's been a great adventure and I'm so grateful for all that I've learned and all God continues to teach, so yeah.
1: Well, uh, now I, I know a little bit about your journey because I've heard your husband Davis talk about it a bit. You, it, you didn't go into it like that wasn't your plan right off the bat. Um, How did no. you get into homeschooling?
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, no, I didn't want to do it at all. I mean, that was something for other people, right? People that were more organized and more patient which I wanna meet that person, Todd. I don't know if you met the most, the the organized, the patient person who should be homeschooling. Have you ever met that person?
1: Well, I'll tell you what, she doesn't live in my house.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, she does not live here either, so there you go.
1: Um,
2: No, really, I just felt like that that was great for someone other than me. And then a whole, you know, it's a whole, it's a whole presentation that we do, but through a series of God-ordained circumstances, we were faced with what were we going to do with our son on Monday and my husband, I really believe this, the Holy spirit spoke through my husband and I was willing to do a second mortgage on the house. I was willing to do just about anything. Homeschooling was not one of my options. And Davis just said to me, he just, he just said, well, what about homeschooling? And I was like, Oh yeah, great. You get to go to work all day and I get stuck with the kids. That sounds (laughs) fabulous. Mm. Um, but then he said, well, it just seems to me we've been praying for his teacher all year. Maybe we've been praying for you. Mm. And I'm just here to tell you, Todd, I was speechless, which you know me well enough to know that that says something <laughs> for me to be speechless. That's that's remarkable. And so we thought that first year, we thought we well, can't mess up kindergarten, right? How hard can this be? A apple, ass. surely I can handle that. But through the course of the year, God moved in amazing ways and this kid that I didn't really know and really wasn't very invested in because I was planning on putting him on a bus, our relationship began to grow and we got to see God move and I had a chance on a daily basis to die to myself, which may sound like a huge negative thing, but it was a glorious thing Mm -hmm. that I think We don't all just say, oh, yeah, I want to die to myself today. (laughs) But God is gracious to give us those opportunities. And it it just started our path and our journey. And again, I'm just so grateful.
1: Well, you know, uh, because this is kind of as people listen to it, not tonight, but uh, as they listen to the podcast, it's kind of midweek, you know, and again, tired. I get a lot of emails. Moms who are in tears.
2: Yeah, yeah. You
1: know, just as you sit back and you've got your, and you always have a big cup of coffee with you. Um, yeah. <laughs> you have your big cup of coffee, you know, and and you're relaxing, maybe your kids aren't right with you. Um, yeah. When you look back, what do you enjoy most about homeschooling? Wow. Um,
2: you know, it's funny because it's, it's, I'm a grandmother now, so I have two grandkids and I, I'm getting I'm getting that age, Todd, where I'm getting sentimental, right? So when I, I look back on homeschooling, I miss the sofa. I miss mm-hmm. the days, Todd, when we all piled on the sofa and we were reading some amazing classic children's book, whether it was Goodnight Moon or Blueberries for Sal or, you know, mm-hmm. when they got older, when we read um, uh, A Tale of Two Cities Together or To Kill... I mean, all of the times that we sat on the sofa, all snuggled together. It's funny, we were cleaning out the sofa the other day and I think I could feed a small country with the crows. (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. I loved that, I loved that. Um, I loved the laughter that filled our house um, and the conflict. I mean, we had, I mean, you can't have as many people we've had our houses and not have conflict and heated debate and all of, just the life that was in our house. That's right. what I've really loved about it um, mm. and enjoy and look back on and just reminisce and smile about. That's what I really, really loved about it.
1: Because I assume, cause you only have two teenagers now at home yeah. that it does get quieter and even the conflicts are quieter and all the arguments quieter.
2: <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's new and, and you're experiencing this too. It's, it has its own challenges. If you're a mom out there and you know, you're, You're the tallest one among all of your kids. Right. And um, I call it the trench period of time when you're like, no one can buckle themselves in and no one can make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and nobody can, can really do anything. You're really the only person that can do anything. And you've got all that you're surrounded by all these littles and you long to be where I am now. You just think, okay, Rachel, I hear you reminisce, but I got to tell you, only having two at home sounds glorious. It's this house echoes and it's not because of the size of my house. It echoes because we're missing a lot of people and um, it's hard.
1: And that trench period really is you think when you're in it, you think it's going to last forever, but it goes by really quick.
2: You know what? Everybody tells you that. And you just want to say, liar. <laughs> That's not true. I mean, it just, it does. It. I used to say, the days are long and the nights are short. And yeah. and unless someone's throwing up and then they're long. <laughs> um, but
1: Which is it, often, actually. It
2: is. It right. is. Or the yeah. night terrors or the right. You know, you've got to change the sheets. I mean, it just seems like. It is so hard, but I'm here to tell you no regrets. Mm. No, no, no regrets. I mean, as intense, you know, on this side of it, so grateful. And I'll tell you, we're looking at the holidays um, and we get to have everybody here um, Mm. for Thanksgiving. So I am just thrilled, but to sit around and I'm sure you, you and Debbie get the same blessing to sit around and just listen, just push back from the table. And listen to your kids tell stories of, do you remember when? Is there anything better than that, Todd? Nothing I mean, better. Nothing better. And yes. And they have memories that I don't remember. They'll remember books that we read or things that, that real funny stories are the ones that Davis took me on a date and we left all the Banshees here oh, alone man. together. You know, it's now coming out <laughs> what actually happened. When <laughs> but there's nothing that comes close to, seeing their relationships with each other having grown and continuing to mature and to flourish. There's just, there's nothing like that.
1: Well, what about, what about, what about in those trench years or, or even now? I mean, the hard, I mean, even though, as we were talking, uh, two children at home, you think, Oh, it's gotta be easier, but it's still hard. What are the, what are the hardest parts of homeschooling for you?
2: So, um, I am um, in my flesh at my worst moments. I really like everything just so. I am not naturally flexible. Um, I like things neat and organized. And just for the record, I married neat and organized. You you (laughs)
1: did, for the record. (laughs) Um,
2: Yeah, we were perfect. You know, he has his things all organized. I have my things all organized. And then we went and had kids. Who, by the way, are not naturally organized. Right. Um, be learning to breathe and learning to let things go that really don't matter. Um, that has been I mean, it's it, to someone who's laid back and that's not a big deal to it's just sort of like, seriously, that's as hard as it is. So,
1: so when you think when you say to let things go, what kind of things are you saying to let go?
2: Okay, so like in the early days, I had to be brutally honest. So I'm talking about not having the kitchen, you know, swept and mopped and all the dishes put away and everything before we could start school. I had to learn that it was okay to have some things in the sink and it was okay if the floor had a sticky spot. It, it, those things didn't need to take priority mm-hmm. over snuggling over the sofa, nor did I need to to shame a child which would have been very easy to do for spilling orange juice or for not folding the towels. Perfect. If you've been to my session, I do on obsessive compulsive perfectionist control freaks. I talk about how
3: <laughs> yeah, so there's a, there's
2: a talk we all need to attend.
3: All I right, talk about all right. how
2: my son was folding the kitchen towels one time and he wasn't doing it correctly because I really thought that there was a correct way. Mm. So, um, for me, it's been a journey of letting things go, laughing about things, um, leaning into the moment, learning to breathe and not hold my breath, learning not to panic and, and to pray. I mean, I'm, I get that that sounds trite, but I've really learned the verse in scripture that says pray without ceasing. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're a homeschool mom, you, you, you live that, right? You pray for yourself, Lord, give me patience. Uh, you pray for discernment when there's a conflict, please. Okay, who's lying? You know, you're just constantly those kind of things, but really just letting go of me and what I thought everything had to be. Well, what
1: about, like, um, you know, you don't have to name any names unless you want to, but, um, <laughs> um, but, you know, we all have those children that we kind of, because I even got an email today about, you know, that, that, that child. Yeah. That kind of. You, you do this with, you run into that, that wall, and it just feels like it's a conflict every day from yeah. the moment you wake up till you go to bed, you know, yeah. over little things. Um, yeah. uh, you know, I, I I don't know if you've had that or, uh, what do you do with that?
2: You know, God was so gracious and kind to me that I had that child first. <laughs>
3: <That's
2: fair. laughs> and then I still had kids after that. That's what the miracle is. Um, no, I mean, if I said white, he said black. If I said up, he said down. If I said, don't touch that, he went over and laid his hands on it. You know, um, yeah, I mean.
1: So it's a and- temptation because, you know, again, I, I got an email today that says, you know, I just feel like maybe it would be better off for all of us if I just put him in school.
2: Yeah. You know what? And this is what I say. I, I, I talk about this at, at conferences I say that child is the one you want to put on the bus, but that child is exactly the reason you should go to school.
1: Mm, amen. Amen. I,
2: I really believe that. Mm-hmm. because so why? Family, why? Well, for a couple of reasons. One is a family is defined by how it handles its weakest link. And so your weakest link is, can be a physical disability, a mental disability, a, a intellectual. Um, it can be an emotional disability. It can be a behavioral. It can be... Um, the way they're wired. How do we handle difference? How do we handle controversy? How do we handle whatever? Your other kids are watching what you do with that kid. And if we really believe, Todd, what the Bible teaches. And the Bible teaches that children are a blessing from the hand of God. And not just some of them, right? Not just the compliant ones who do what we want them to do. Um, not the ones that say, yes, Father, what can I do to serve you now? You know, not that. That's not but the ones that defy us, those are also a blessing. So I think we have an opportunity to look at those kids differently. Instead of looking at them as the problem, look at them as an opportunity to see how might God be glorified uniquely in their life.
0: I'm excited to tell you a little bit more about the new 4.0 version of Teaching Textbooks. They just recently released a trailer of their new upcoming version of the Math Curriculum over on their website. The new version is better than ever and includes new interactive sketch modes so your child can work out the problem right within the program. It also includes new animations, audio, grade dates, search features, and stickers. It still works on computers, tablets, and smartphones as well. Also, if you purchase the 3.0 version or already own it, you'll be upgraded to the 4.0 version when it is released. You can check out the trailer and demo over at teachingtextbooks.com.
1: Well, I just love to hear what she had to say, because I need to be reminded of what really, really matters as we homeschool. And maybe if you're new to this, uh, you are you're, you're, you haven't experienced this yet, but you won't have to be uh, in homeschooling very long to know um, uh, that that it's easy to get caught up in the academics of it or just the, the broke part and forget about the things that really, really matter. Well, next we're going to listen to uh, another episode, which was about 22, 23, somewhere in there with Jan Smith. Um, Jan and Roger Smith, we had her husband on, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, maybe a few months ago. Jan and Roger are from uh, Louisiana and great friends of homeschooling and great friends of the Wilsons. Um, And Jan is just down to earth, good old Southern girl who just warms my heart every time I uh, interact with her because she, again, um, has felt the pressures of homeschooling, has felt the pressures of failure. And she's going to remind us again how God has this whole thing. And he's going to take care of your kids. And, and, and there's a, you can homeschool in such a way that we take advantage of their um, strengths. And we don't worry so much about their weaknesses. Uh, let's listen to Jan now because you've already mentioned you know you didn't have some of those early pressures and and I agree you know you you didn't have a million things to choose from there weren't the pressures to you know every kid's got to be a national spelling bee champion um it wasn't social it, media you didn't have social media you didn't even have any really like you said you didn't know very many homeschoolers so you weren't comparing very much um did did the way you homeschooled did it change You know, as you got older, as you homeschooled, you know, did you did you feel more freedom or did you feel less freedom? Maybe as it progressed,
4: I started off very confident. My oldest child is brilliant. (laughs) And so therefore, I felt like a brilliant homeschool mom. (laughs) You know, this was working. (laughs) This is easy. I had him take the standardized test and had one of my friends who was a teacher to give it to him. And he made a 100. And I said, This test is a joke, you know, and I just thought and so we were just flying ahead and my younger daughter My daughter who was right under him Every year we took a standardized test and as long as they were scoring 99, I was happy (laughs) And then god gave me my third child And he couldn't read and so Then I realized, you know, maybe i'm not doing this just right and I had the older I, I really began. that's when I began to have fear enter in, mm. you know, and I um began to second guess myself, and of course he would say, Mom, if you would let me go to the academy, then I could read all of those kids read, you know, mm. and so yeah. i um I got scared well, and I in had fact- the oldest oh. kids tested mm. and so for the gifted program you know, and when I went in to have them tested, they didn't want to test them because they said, now, how long are you doing school with these kids and what are you using with these children? And then after they tested them, they came out and said, how long each day are you teaching these kids
3: and what are you
4: using with them? And (laughs) of course they thought I should immediately put them in school because They were so right. What was I doing with them? I was going to ruin them, you
3: know.
4: Right, right. So it's just the ongoing battle that when is enough enough?
3: Right.
4: And
1: Well, in fact, I remember you you saying, Jan, that uh, you even decided for your third son, you started, I think I might have the details wrong. You started homeschooling another child thinking, you know, maybe it's me as the teacher and how'd that turn out?
4: I wasn't. I felt surely I'm not giving the third child enough attention. So his best friend was my nephew, and I homeschooled him one year and taught him to read beautifully. And <laughs> mine still wasn't reading.
3: And so.
4: <clears throat>
3: yeah. Anyway, well, it, it was quick. just.
4: Uh, it, it was, he went on to the academy. In fact, it was funny because when he went to the academy, our local private school, for a week in the spring, he came home and he said, he started reading very slowly. And I said, what is wrong? And he said, we've been doing it wrong at Jan. I said, what do you mean? He said, that's how all the kids at the academy read. I said, no, no, no. We read in full sentences. Read. So he was doing great. My son that is the oldest and the one that's the third that didn't read until he was like 10 or 11. Both of those boys, if I stood them in front of an audience today and had them talk to them, no one could identify which was which. Mm. And that's the beauty of homeschooling because we were able to focus on that, that third child's strengths and to be patient on the weakness and to do things that he knows to do. And he recently asked me that one that had, the learning struggles. He said, what did we do? What was my high school curriculum? And I just kind of laughed. I said, son, you didn't do high school
2: work. Mm,
4: And he said, yeah, but I went to college. I said, yeah, but that was your idea. I never dreamed you would go to college. (laughs) And he went in photography. And so he, um, his education looked very, very different. In fact, Every one of our children's uh, high school education look different and that's the beauty of homeschooling is they can go well, their just... own direction the way they're being.
0: This is, uh, dad wanted me to do an ad here, but I'm actually going to ask a question first here real quick. So the question was, but we're not going to ask this Were all your kids easy to teach, but you already answered that. So I was wondering if for a mom then who has that same kind of situation where maybe one of her child, uh, children is, you know, a little bit more difficult. What would you give advice wise then to that mom? One,
4: to know that God has a purpose for that Mm. child and that God created that child. I see now some of the strengths that that difficult one had. And I, I think that in my experience and talking to moms that you're going to have one that's going to just be harder than all the others put together. And knows, often it's the one that's most like you and that can know just what buttons to push. And I, um, I feel like that being creative in finding things that child can be successful in and to keep introducing new ways of working on like if it's reading you know they're going to need to read it's not like you can just say we won't do that but maybe we're not going to do that right now and mm-hmm. put it off until later uh keep trying new approaches <clears throat> but don't we have a tendency to beat our heads against the wall doing the one thing they can't do over and over and over <clears throat> instead of really focusing on what they can do and how they feel about that And um, so I think knowing that that's just going to always be a difficulty for that Mm. child that has, you know, more than likely. And so finding things he's so he's probably not going to do that professionally. So it really doesn't matter that much. Mm -hmm. And now my son is in sales. Do what?
1: And being okay with that, don't you think? Because I think, you know, some moms, we start to look at that one kid and we we, we have a hard time smiling at them because, you know, they're making us look bad, you know, and we think we've failed. And so we end up having this conflict the whole time. We're just pushing them, pushing them, pushing them. And then we kind of wonder why they don't smile back at us anymore. Uh, right. That's
4: right. And focusing on that one thing right. that we can't do. And if you keep pushing on a sore spot, eventually it's going to become a real Infected place, right,
3: right and
4: not something you want to deal with. So um, You know I had that same son when he was older. He opened his own skateboard business. He, he was a good athlete mm. and um, Started skateboarding and so we opened he had rods ramps LLC and he mm. built skateboard ramps and learned how to run a business sponsored tournaments and he just, you know, had business cards and bumper stickers. And when he was 15, he got hired by the large Baptist church in West Monroe to build a skateboard park.
3: Mm.
4: And uh, he was asking everybody, you know, who should we get to build this park? And everybody started giving him business cards for Rod's ramps. And that he had sold. Those are people that Rodney had sold ramps to mm. for Christmas and stuff. And um one day he got a call, and he hung up and he told me he said, "Mom, I don't think those men know that I'm 15." <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. That's he, awesome.
4: um, but you know, he he had had drafting lessons. We gave we, he took drafting from a friend in town that worked uh, as a draftsman, and he learned how to really make excellent ramps and mm. had good business relationships with the local people and. Anyway, we focused on what he could do, and uh, one year we did make him debate, though. We were involved in helping to start the National Christian Forensics Communications Association, NCFCA. It's a homeschool speech and debate league. And um, we did have him debate one year, even though it accentuated some of his weaknesses. Hmm. And he said that that was the most important thing we ever made him do, because once and for all, it answered the question, am I stupid?
3: Mm.
4: And he lost every round, and he looked really stupid <laughs> in some ways. <laughs> mm. He couldn't find the evidence to, to <laughs> give the right reputation, but he could make excellent arguments mm. against the other case. Even if he couldn't find the evidence to support his arguments, he realized that he could think, Mm. and it transformed his confidence, because he really put the nail in the coffin of that question that was always present, am I stupid, Mm. and Mm. he realized I cannot read as fast, I cannot do a lot of things these other kids can do, but I can think.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode. Hopefully you enjoyed everything that Rachel and Jan had to share. If you have questions or comments for us, feel free to message us over on our Facebook page. Also, don't forget to share this podcast with your homeschooling friends. I also want to say thank you to Teaching Textbooks for sponsoring the Smiling Homeschooler podcast. Go check out the new demo for version 4.0 over at their website, teachingtextbooks.com. Have a great week, and don't forget, keep smiling.